Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis, here as always with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. How are you? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. It's the happiest of Sundays because we're doing one of our More Than Mom episodes where we talk about something maybe a little outside of the usual parenting topics that we reserve for Tuesdays. But this time, we are actually going to let you guys like peek behind the curtain a little bit. We're together, by the way. We're together. In real life. Well, when we're recording, we're not. See, this is where the time-space continuum becomes very confusing, but we're not recording this together. But by the time you are listening, we shall be together at the She Podcast Conference um, in Atlanta. So together is one of our favorite places to be. It is. And that is so perfect <laughs> for what we're talking about today and what we're actually speaking about this afternoon. Yes. It's, it is possible, listeners, that you could listen to this on Sunday morning and come see us in person this afternoon if you are one of the awesome female podcasters at She Podcast this weekend. And I love it because what we're actually talking about today is very close to what we're talking about in our presentation. So the presentation is basically how to partner well with someone, mm-hmm. um, specifically on a podcast. This is going to be kind of our behind the scenes, a little more personal, a little more detailed um, version of what we'll be presenting on later. So yes, you could completely destroy the space-time continuum. <laughs> By listening to this and then showing up later and like knowing something about the presentation we're going to give and then like standing up and yelling it and everyone will get confused. Don't do that. That we, haven't, very that we haven't chaotic. actually finished yet in this, yes. in this version of reality. We haven't. Oh my gosh. So like in this version of reality, the thing is still being worked on. By the time people are listening, it'll be almost ready to go. I don't know what to make of all this, but I'm really, we're, we're really excited about this. Um, this is the very first She Podcasts conference. We've both been members of their community for a couple of years, I feel mm-hmm. like now. Um, but it's exciting. Like podcasting is becoming pretty legit. And I love that there's a space specifically for female podcasters and um, that we get to be part of that space. I love it too. And I was thinking about this concept of partnership. And obviously most of you listeners out there don't host a podcast and maybe don't have 
a business partner who's also your friend. But I think a lot of what we'll kind of talk about in this episode today really can kind of, I don't know, could kind of apply to any number of business relationships or friendships or creative collaboration. So it's going to be relevant regardless. We'll make Even it if you're not that curious about how we spend our time <laughs> and our partnership, maybe there'll be something that applies to you. Sarah, I want to imagine what we've been doing in the days leading up to someone actually being able to listen, because we usually, this will drop in the morning. Yes. Early morning, seven o'clock Eastern. Seven o'clock Eastern. So I want to imagine what we've been doing because we will have been at the conference, which is in the future, but will have been in the past. We <laughs> will have been there since Thursday. So what will we have been doing in the days? And like, what will we be doing right now when this drops? So right now when this drops, seven o'clock Eastern, we're probably sleeping. Because yeah, I can right. sleep in a little on the East Coast because that's 4 a.m. my time. You want to hear the irony? I'll probably be up <laughs> because I've been getting up so early lately. But that is like total role reversal for us. That is. I'll probably be laying there wishing I could fall back to sleep is what I'll be doing. Um, one thing, we will have gone to dinner on Friday night with Amy and Margaret from What Fresh Hell, which I know right. we have a lot of crossover listeners. So um, we probably already shared that on social. Check your social, people. We probably Instagrammed it. And hopefully we're all still friends. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I think we <laughs> Hopefully are. some rift didn't happen at dinner and now it's just over. The partnership's <laughs> over. We're dropping this and we're like, oh, boy. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. yeah. So we're probably laying in bed. We're probably thinking about getting breakfast. Yeah. Within the next hour or so, we, there will be some bacon in our lives. Bacon and the noon hydration tablets, which are not a sponsor, but we just really no. both love them. We both love them. I actually pop half a noon at night before I go to bed and in the morning when I get up like religiously now. Yeah, I've been so. having one a day too. And I got these other ones that are vitamin noon, like uh -huh. they have vitamins. And now I'm very confused by that. <laughs> I don't, I thought I just wanted hydration. Maybe. I don't know. I, don't I know with the cheap ones on, on Amazon. I don't know. I wonder, okay. <laughs> I wonder what we did on Saturday night. That's all I'll say. I bet it was amazing. I bet it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, we have no idea. We've actually... The way we, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but the way we do conferences is we try to keep it as relaxed as possible because, you know, well, I try to keep it as relaxed as possible and you try to keep some order and then we meet in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Would you say? Yeah, yeah? definitely. Yeah. Um, and it's, it is, I know we're going to talk about our partnership, but it's one of the few times we get to be together. So we've learned over the years not to overschedule, not to try yes. to record episodes. Um, yes, to try and do the that. hard way. Yep. And it's fine, but it, it, it just feels like an obligation, which is so funny because we love to do it, but the time together is pretty. It's, it's and I think we're so thousand. regimented the way we do it now that we don't like to do it outside of that routine. Like taking it with us and doing it on the road feels like work in a different way yes. than doing it from home now the way we always do it. So yeah, yes, just, exactly. it's just evol it's evolution. We have evolved as people and as partners. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah. And for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle. Whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. 
Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Okay, so let's just start by acknowledging that before we decided to partner on a business, we didn't really know anything about business partnerships. Um... I have a funny memory of me going to the ye old Mayberry County <laughs> building and filing our business partnership, basically filing it with the county uh-huh. and how you and I didn't know what that meant. Like we really didn't understand. And it turns out I have come to find that that did, not, that did nothing except allow us to open a bank account. That's it. That that was not formal in any way. Remember what we had that piece of paper? We're like, is this it? Is yeah. this all we need? Yeah. We're a partnership now. Um, so I think it's OK to, to not know. Yeah. And you had been a solopreneur, a solo, you'd been in business for yourself a long time and you were pretty confident navigating that. And I think that led me to believe you knew all the things because (laughs) um, you did own your own business and you'd filed taxes as a business and you'd done some other things that I had never done. Um, But that is, turns out not the same as a partnership. So we did, we just got our little EIN, which is just the business entity had a number. That's really all we got. We later learned more about the formalities of a partnership. Yeah. And I'm still learning. I was actually just at an entrepreneur group last week where they had some guys talking, um, a couple CPAs, a lawyer and other businessy people talking about the different, the different structures of a business. And honestly, I still really only understand LLC, which is what ours is now, mm-hmm. but it wasn't at first. Right. It took us a while to, uh, to formalize it. And um, they were saying business partnerships are actually the most complicated because they can be literally anything. So if you're feeling like you, you have a, a buddy that you're hoping to maybe do something cool with and you don't know what that's going to look like, that's because it could look literally any way you want it to, which is kind of mind blowing. It is. And it's kind of like, I think I know we're going to get into this, but like if you can somehow put on paper what each person's expectations are, mm-hmm. that in itself could be the beginning of a partnership. Like the legal and tax structures are important eventually, but I think even more fundamental is getting on literally on the same page, like writing down each person's expectations of the relationship. And that could be just the beginning because the legal and tax stuff is like you said, could be very, very complicated. And it all, it all comes back to what's the nature of this relationship. Yeah. And I think that, that, you know, we just, 
when we started this. So we formally partnered. We've been doing the podcast together for four and a half years, but we formally partnered like what, three, three and a half years ago. Yeah. So I remember Denver in December of 2017. Does that sound yeah. right to you? Yeah, that so sounds we about went right. to Denver because it was a cheap flight in the middle and my sister was living there at the time, but we really, we, I only like saw my sister for a night. We pretty much like said hi to her and then yeah. retreated to a hotel. And that's where I remember deciding on. Oh, no, wait. It wasn't December 17, 2017. Wouldn't that have been 2016? December 2016? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. Because almost 2017. Yeah. It yeah, was yeah. almost 2017. Yep. So, so it's, yeah, about that long. And I, I have to laugh. So I'm also, um, just to contrast these two experiences, I'm, I'm putting together a business partnership with a, a guy that I know in town on a different business. Mm-hmm. It's like a hyper local website. Um, very different structure, very different roles, responsibilities, and blah, blah, blah. And we've been talking about this now. It's actually kind of already happening, but we've been talking about it for like eight months. And we finally had a conversation where I said something like, I had just assumed it would be 50-50. And he was like, well, I don't really assume anything. And I thought that was so <laughs> funny because I thought, well, duh, but that's how, what, that's how you and I would do. We were just like, yeah. we're going to be partners. Partners means we're equal. Right. And then we built a business around that. Whereas yeah. because- he does this all the time and has mm-hmm. multiple partnerships. He works backward, like yeah. figure out what the thing is and then figure out who's going to take what role and how that divvies up. And that was like, again, even though I have all this experience owning a business and even though you and I have all this experience as partners, my mind was blown. I was like, yeah. oh, well, well, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I guess the point being, you don't know what you don't know. You don't. And I think as women, we carry a lot of insecurity into business, not negotiations, but business conversations. Um, Yes. And some of it is just, it's just semantics, right? You actually probably know more than you think about what's fair, what you want, but we get caught up because we don't know the lingo. Um, Right. And then there are some people, many of them men, who... (laughs) Um, are more clear and yeah, no, and just, yeah, and are f- more confident. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We have a little saying that we started using around here and it's WWADD and it's what would a dude do? Yes. And it has helped us. It has. And we, we really respect these dudes. It's not an anti-dude right. statement. It's just um, in our observation of business, a lot of men don't get hung up on some of the things we tend to overthink. So yes. it's, it's a compliment to, to say, what, yeah. what would some of these entrepreneurial dudes that we that we admire, what would they do? (laughs) What would they do? And then when we do that, we find that typically whatever seemed really scary, wasn't as scary as it like people don't. um, I think we come into a lot of things thinking we're going to be like put in our place or Mm -hmm. like get pushback or whatever. And it happens so much less frequently Mm -hmm. than we um, gird ourselves Mm -hmm. for, (laughs) you know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a lot less of a thing. Okay. So I'm getting off track here, but I thought that was an interesting little aside. So I want to talk because we have both been solo, although in different ways, you were a freelancer, but not really going hard after no, it. No, I really um, it was yeah. a, I was like a baby freelancer. Like I would get <laughs> checks here and there and I worked for you. I mean, I had a steady contract position for you and, and one yeah. or two other contracts over a few years, but I, I didn't really consider myself a business owner. So let's talk about the benefits and drawbacks to going with a partner versus going solo. I'm obviously going to have more experience actually doing both. Um, but I think you can kind of speak to it, how you think it might've played out had you decided yeah. to go all in on something on your own. Um, so I'll go first on this okay. one. Um, so one of the huge benefits to having a partner and especially a partnership with someone like you who compliments me in so many ways is that I've always had more ideas than honestly ability to see them through. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm an idea factory. <laughs> um, and I can be very focused when I have a, like a container to work within, but minus that container, I, I just spin my wheels and I'm a flailing all over the place. So kind of the partnership gives me the container with, in which I can be very creative. Mm. Um, if not for a container of some sort, I flounder. So partnering has really forced me to be patient. I was actually just listening to a, a podcast episode um, with a woman named Tara McMullen, who mm-hmm. I was on her show a while ago. And she said that she was, she's doing a series on resilience, but she had decided this year to dedicate herself to steadfastness, mm, like, like commit that. to steadfastness. And I thought that is a fantastic goal because I am not a steadfast person naturally. Mm-hmm. I am a run after the shiny object. Um, and what I've realized after four years of working on this business with you is that steadfastness pays off. Like there is that idea that there's an overnight success, but it actually took 15 years. You know what I mean? It's like 15 years and then overnight, suddenly something blows up. Um, and I'm not saying like, you know, we're suddenly, you know, getting approached with million dollar contracts or anything, but I do feel a certain momentum happening right now Mm -hmm. that was many years in the making Mm -hmm. and more than four. It goes back to work and seeds we planted when we were working on the blog and seeds I planted before that. And like, it just takes time. And so this has been this container, this focused thing for me to pour energy into. And that's been really helpful. I'm having um, a mental yeah. image that I love because I love the yes. concept of a container of like, like little beams of like light or energy bouncing all over the place, but being, <laughs> being like contained in this, you know, and then like they bounce a, back. Yes, exactly. And so that <laughs> yeah. all the energy gets to stay in a relatively small space instead of shooting out and like dissipating into the ether. Yes. Uh-huh. Absolutely. You know who uh, planted that word oh. in my mind was Zach. Okay. Our business coach. <laughs> we Thanks. were talking and he said container. And I was like, yes, I need a container. Cause I kept saying a box and no one like me wants to say they want to be put in a box. <laughs> no one wants, even, even people like me don't want to be put in right, a box. Right. And he said, well, what about a container? And I was like, oh, I just love that image. Cause it can be a Tupperware container where I can see out. Yeah, I'm picturing something or like, like a pretty glass container. Or, yeah, I don't in know. In my mind, it's like a it's a cube, but pretty <laughs> and like it has a color to it. But it's it's see-through. I love this. <laughs> like a lavender plexiglass. I love that we're imagining the container I'm in. What if it's a mesh container? So like the stuff stays in it, but like air can get in and like, yeah. Okay. We spent way too much time with the container. Um, I will briefly talk about the drawbacks because there are drawbacks. Um, there is a loss of control. And I, and even though when you have a partner, responsibility is shared, there's added emotional responsibility in some ways, because yeah. it's not just all about me. And if I get sick of something, I can't just ditch it. And I can't like decide to completely overhaul the business idea tomorrow. Cause I'm tired of it. Like I have to, again, it forces a certain steadfastness. Um, and even when like it, the bill, the business going so well, even on my own time, I kind of can't just run after everything I want to, because I don't have the time and I don't have the focus. Like I have to have responsibility to this business, like, like the steadfastness that I meant, yeah. the commitment is there and there's nothing I can do about it. You've right. got me now. We're like married now. Yes. I was just going to actually compare it to a marriage. Like, you know, I, like I being see. single is fun. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. So there's all the benefits, but then this, the little, you know, the little part, sometimes I'm like, wouldn't it be interesting if I 
Like, what would I be doing now yeah. if this hadn't ever happened? It's hard to imagine, yeah. honestly. Yeah. So what about you? I know you don't have as much experience with yeah, both sides, but, but what I do can you see? see like I can definitely play that out if I had stayed on my own. And I know what I would have done would have been safe and small. And that's not a criticism of myself. But, you know, I am a person who likes to execute things at a high degree of competence, which means I tend to take on less and do things mm. that are less risky. And so for me, partnering with someone who is an ideas person and is a leap then look personality, as you've described yourself, um, it gives me the ability to still use my skills in competence and execution and follow through and steadfastness, but to use them on something that's much more risky than I would have taken on on my own. And of course, I mean, I'm sitting here like because of that partnership because I would never mm. have started a podcast by myself ever. You might've, and you might not have been steadfast enough to see it through, but you would have right. started it. I would never have started I would have started. It. I probably would have started several because yeah. <laughs> I already had. And I, I, it's funny to me, like to think about this because I do think you would have probably eventually gotten there, but maybe it would have been like someone would have hired you I or maybe not. I would you know, have been but, working for someone probably. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. I make a really great second in command because um, I, I just, I pair well with visionaries. And so I might have been more of a, a support voice mm. for somebody, um, and not a full partner. So the way that I know we're going to talk about like almost this, like dating before you get married, like we, we had a long collaboration period before we became partners. But, um, I think uh, like the ability for me to step up into that partner role, um, happened because we had sort of worked together over time because I'm cautious. I'm cautious by right. nature, not cautious. Like this partner might screw me over. I'm going to lose a bunch of money. Not, not economically cautious. I'm just, I want to take things on that. I'm going to be able to see through. I don't yeah. like taking things on that. I might not see through. So a partnership is therefore like the ultimate risk, but it didn't feel risky because it was sort of an evolution. So the positives for me is I have been, I have done bigger things, bigger, braver, cooler mm. things because of a partnership. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I think you kind of summed it up with, for me, because I like to commit, the only drawbacks would be, I probably wouldn't go into a partnership if I, if I was unsure, because I am yeah. just, I'm just gun shy in that, in that area. So that's less of a drawback and more of a, like a barrier to entry to me, but maybe not mm -hmm. to some people, some people might be eager to collaborate. And then, and then there are, you know, the drawbacks, as you said, is then you're in it. There's someone else's you know, when we're partnering, it, your livelihood is tied up in mine. We have a, we have right. a business together that brings in money and pays us money. And so our, our livelihoods are intertwined and that is, that's a big deal. It's a responsibility. And yeah. I love that what you said about, because it sounds like you have flexed muscles and strengthened areas of yourself that you wouldn't have on your own. And I've done the same thing. Like I definitely have leadership qualities. I wouldn't have had the chance to learn how to have if not for being in a partnership with somebody had strengths I didn't have, if that yeah. makes yeah. any sense. 100%. And like, I think you've also gotten really good at being bolder in certain ways and um, being like taking on that, like not second in command, but the other first in command mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. role yeah. Um, and becoming more like lots more comfortable with that than maybe you would have on your own. Totally. So Yay. yeah. Would you have seen, I, and it's also interesting when you said like you're cautious, you would be cautious about going into a partnership. I'm actually amazed that, our partnership is the first 
one I ever got into yeah. with my personality type. <laughs> I feel like I would have been jumping into them all over the place. And so I think we're both probably cautious for different reasons. And it, um, if I can, having observed you in your yes. blog business and stuff, I do think you were eager to get into collaborations. So it's not that yes. you never wanted to collaborate. You did have some side gigs and projects and hustles with people, but you probably, like you said, th there was probably a point at which you were also hesitant to make it a full, like yeah. a full business. They were more like, Hey, let's do this fun thing together and see what happens. And that's, that's an okay place to be too. Yeah. And it, it makes me wonder, like if you had to go back 10 years and, and, you know, someone in a crystal ball said, Sarah, in 10 years, you're going to own a business. That's all they said. Would you have thought of yourself as more of a partner type or more of a solo operator? I think I would have seen myself as more of a solo operator. Me too. I think that's just how I identified myself. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so then maybe the, this is a really good place to stick the dating before marriage conversation mm -hmm. because that's essentially what we did. Like yeah. we auditioned each other for a long time before we decided. And a lot of factors came together to make to make it logical for us to partner mm -hmm. and it wouldn't have been logical for us to partner, say on the blog. Like there was just other things, like all the factors came together in this podcast that made it the right fit. Not only it was the right project. We were both equally like front women. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think a that's that, a big part of it. Yeah. Like we couldn't have run this podcast with one of us running the show and the other one, you know, maybe being replaceable by somebody else. That's not how it's going to work. Cause what, if Sarah just disappears one day, then it's not the mom hour anymore, you know? So like, I guess, I don't know, talk about that a little bit, yeah. like how, yeah. How well, you feel like that dating or that audition process works. Well, so for those who don't know, the 32nd backstory is Megan had a already thriving, successful mom blog. And a few years into it brought me on as managing editor and I did write for the blog, but I was working for you. So that was, that was the blog relationship. When we started the podcast, um, it was your brainchild and you had already been podcasting. But in, once we got on the mic, it was, it was not Megan interviewing Sarah or Megan with, I mean, it was really the two of us. Um, and that's kind of credit to you because I, I really just like followed your vision when you started the podcast. Um, but like you said, when the listeners started coming and we realized that we had something here, that our conversations were striking a nerve, people were coming and, and people were coming who didn't find us through the happiest home. We just right. did an interview. It'll air at the end of this month, but we did an interview with uh, Alana from the podcasting party is the name of the podcast. Yeah, um, that was so fun. It was really fun. And we'll we'll share that with you guys when it airs. But she asked about kind of this phase of growth early in the show. And we talked about, it was very surprising that the the listeners were coming from, they didn't know us from anything else. So I think to your point, we, we kind of almost accidentally stumbled into this place where our voices were equal on the podcast, mm -hmm. even if the way we got there was not exactly equal. And by equal, I just mean you, you had hired me. I was working for you and you had this business vision and I came on and joined you. And we didn't say, let's have a partnership at that time. No. We said, let's start a podcast together. And the podcast grew as pretty clearly like an equal contribution of our voices. Literally, like literally right. we needed both our voices to show up and be on the mic every time. So there was yep. some happenstance there, but I think what had what we had benefited from working together for three years at that point, three, like a little more than three years is that we knew each other well, we knew our strengths well. Mm -hmm. And so it was a little less scary to say, okay, well, this podcast thing might turn into its own business. So what does that right. look like for our relationship and partnership? 
And I think in those, you know, when we first started the podcast, um, it was a side project. It was, we really eased into it. It was a, like an extension of the brand I'd been working on, or that's how I saw yeah. it. Um, it was, it, it was kind of low stakes when we first started because we didn't have, it's not like we went in with a monetization plan from day one or said, we want to sell in five years, or this is going to be, this is going to make an excellent revenue. We really didn't. And I'm not saying you shouldn't because probably had we known that, that things would move in the direction they did, maybe we would have nailed some of that stuff down early. I'm not sure how we ever would have visualized the sharp turn podcasting has taken yeah. in the ensuing four years. It, you know, it, it seems like we couldn't know what we didn't know. Yeah. Um, but I think that because we started off like treating it kind of like a leg of the blog or like another side project just to try out and see, it kind of took a little of the, those initial conversations felt a little less fraught. Yeah. I don't, I don't in, remember yeah. any fraughtness because it was yeah. like, Hey, want to start a podcast? Sure. Like it, we, <laughs> Why were, not? we were already in relationship. It, like you said, it felt like a spinoff or an extension. And it was really only later when there was money involved yeah. that the, that the podcast itself was generating revenue that prompted conversations. And that was a year, year and a half in. So, in. Yeah. 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 And I think that then, you know, what we've kind of learned about that is that there always does come that moment where there's growth. And for us, there's been several along the way. There's mm -hmm. been pain points like, oh, you know, crud. Now people are coming to us and want to give us money. Now what? Mm -hmm. Okay. Then now people want to continue to give us money. Now what? Like mm -hmm. now we need to um, have resources to put into this thing. And we both need to commit more time. Now what? So there's been those tension moments along the way. Um, and I think that like, I knew that that would happen. I knew that the moments of tension would come. I was surprised um, personally by like the fact that this really grew into a real thing. Mm -hmm. that, I guess that's what like any other tension point we might've had, like when it was the blog or something, it just, the stakes always felt lower. It might've been like, oh, this one post didn't turn out the way like we wanted it to, or traffic is down a little bit, or <laughs> this one ad situation, this one ad buy didn't work out. But like, because this is a thing that we've now brought other people in mm -hmm. on um, as contractors, and because we're like partners where we're doing, like we're really looking at the numbers and everything, it just feels like it's just a bigger deal. Mm -hmm. And I, and that's great, but it did surprise me a little bit. Yeah. I think thankfully it's been a steady uphill trajectory. Yes. So we have <laughs> yes. grown into business people as our business has grown. And at certain points, the growth of the business has outpaced our <laughs> knowledge and ability as business people. And we've had yeah. to kind of like school ourselves. What, what do we not know here? Who can help right. us? Um, but at other times we feel on top of it and we're like, okay, we, I think one thing you and I have noticed is we, we sell ourselves short a little bit in our, like we were talking about with the, what would a dude do? Um, right. we sometimes sell ourselves short in what we understand and know about our own business. And then sometimes we'll compare notes or, or meet with other entrepreneurs and realize like, okay, like we know how to print a PL out of QuickBooks. Right. Like we know yeah. how to look at basic numbers. Like maybe we're not as dumb as we think we are. And and that, that's like a lot like early parenting, right? Like you feel yeah. like you're the only one who ha doesn't have it figured out. And then you compare notes and you're like, oh, no one has it figured out. And I think business ownership is a lot like that. It, it really is. Um, well, we mentioned, you know, potentially being able to avoid misunderstandings by talking openly about money and goals and even exit strategy from the very beginning. I think that's, that's a really easy thing for us to advise now. Yeah. But again, going back, like, 
where is that balance between the not knowing what you don't know and just wanting to get started? Because there's so much to be said for just starting and not waiting around because you're never going to know everything and you're never going to be hundred percent comfortable regardless mm-hmm. of what the thing is that you're wanting to start. So where, like, where is that line? Do you think now looking back, like, is there anything we should have done differently from the beginning that we could possibly have known? You know, we've been working with Zach, our business coach. We've talked about him a couple of times, but I think what's been so valuable about that is having somebody, a third party, walk us through exercises like, what if this, what if five years from now, this happens? What if one of you wants to exit? What if X, Y, Z? And I do think for like, if, if we were starting over, I think in a, in a, a, a low stakes, almost a fun dreaming way, I don't think you need to have it all mapped out legally in writing, but I do think you don't, you don't think to do that because you, the last thing you're thinking about when starting something new is what's going to, you know, like what's the exit strategy going to be. Right. But I I would advise people to think, um, in a pie in the sky way and with your business partner, potential collaborator, like, what if this blows up? What if this Mm -hmm. like becomes the next big thing? What would that be like? What would it feel like? What would you want out of that? And without feeling pressure to put it all down in writing and commit to something, at least just introduced, plant the seed. I think it would have been fun for us to plant that seed earlier because mm-hmm. I just, Agreed. there's no harm. There's no harm right. in dreaming, dreaming big like that. Well, and I mean, a lot of people do go into a business intending to sell it. Like the, a lot of people build yeah. a business with the express intention of getting a certain number of years in and then getting out. And so that was never the thing for us. Like that was never our primary motivator. But like, if that had been the kind of business we were building, um, we might have felt differently. So I think the question that I didn't think to ask then that like just what you were saying, like knowing what everyone wants out of it, the question I never thought to ask that I think I would advise people to ask now is actually, what are we building? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, is this a podcast? Is this a media entity, which is different, right? Mm-hmm. Is this marketing? Is this an agent? Like you can change your mind, but even just getting clear about what it is you actually think you're like, what is the business or the, the project or the whatever? Um, it's a good question to ask. And I think it can lead you in the right directions. It can. And we continue to ask it in the middle of growing our business sometimes. Well, I'll probably, I probably already asked you 10 times this weekend. Yeah, last night. Remember that Saturday night conversation we had last yeah. night in the future? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we talked about that. Yeah. Um, Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. 
That's from our O-U-R place.com code MOMHOUR. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, so we just talked a lot about business structure and like the lessons that we've learned and stuff like that. Um, and I want to I want to talk a little bit more like we talked about the stuff that is applicable to any partnership. Right. Um, and the work involved. But what we haven't really talked a whole lot about is the personalities involved mm-hmm. and kind of that emotional side of starting a business with another person, running the business with another person, experiencing like the growth and all that tension and stuff like that. So let's let's talk a little bit about that. I, I think one thing that's come through a lot on this show is that we're diff- we're different in a mm-hmm. lot of ways mm-hmm. um, and but have a lot of similarities. And so I want to talk about like we've talked about taking the Enneagram test and like strengths finder and all those things and like what it's told us about each other. But then how do we actually put that into practice in our business? Mm-hmm. Um, how has that kept us from letting tensions become bigger than they need to or turn into disagreements, which I can't really think of too many times we've had an actual disagreement. No, I think our, our form of disagreement doesn't look like disagreement. It looks like taking a really long time to make a decision. <laughs> don't you, think? you know what? That's so true. Yes. Because we don't, we're not sure we're neither one of us is hundred percent sure the other one is right, but we're not like, we don't want to argue. We just don't want to commit to the thing we don't know is right. Yeah. And we're both talkers <laughs> and processors. Yeah. So, yeah. um, it can look like we have a conversation. We say, okay, let me think more on that. Let me, and it, it really never, it, it, honestly, we're not hiding anything, guys. It really does never, it never looks like a fight or a, like getting pissy with each other or anything like that. I think what it looks like is continuing to talk things through and sometimes like ad nauseum. Like, I think that's probably, right. we've probably gotten <laughs> stuck at some mm-hmm. points and it's not because we're stuck at a impasse where we can't agree. It's that we keep peeling back layers of the onion and what if this and what if that. Yep. And I think that's, that's probably healthy for the most part. I mean, I th- I feel very grateful that we don't fight. Um, and I think we've gotten better at arriving at a decision. And I think you're really yeah. good at that. You're really good at saying, you know, I'd like to move forward with this. So what should we do? And then, you know, and, and we, maybe we both take that role sometimes um, and just sort of decide it's time to decide, but that's well, kind that, of what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. And I think that one, one of the things I will do is continue to bring something up over and over and over. Um, which can get uncomfortable, particularly when there's money involved. I mean, yeah. because a lot of the decisions we're making are financial and a lot of them 
um, just to be completely transparent, like our economic needs are different. And yep. so I need to get something out of this business sometimes that you don't mm-hmm. right away. Like I like mm-hmm. literally need to do it now. And so there have been times when I have to say, okay, well, we've talked about this a whole bunch. So yep. what did we decide? Did we decide yep. anything? Now let's move forward. And I think that that's, I think that if you weren't willing, like if you got irritated with me because I needed to know, or like were defensive about the fact that I kept bringing it up or whatever, like then it wouldn't feel good on my right. end, but I've never felt that way. And oh, good. maybe that's just communication. Like maybe I don't ever feel like I can't come to you and say, Hey, remember that thing we were deciding about compensation or whatever? Like yeah. we need to talk about that and make a decision. Yeah. Um, and sometimes like I will, I will bring up the same thing 17 times. Well, and I think, <laughs> I think, uh, you and I have different things that feel urgent to us. Cause I also feel like I have permission to come to you about something that feels really urgent to me that probably doesn't feel urgent to you. So we, we have different definitions of importance and urgency, but I think that's actually a strength in our partnership. And as long as the communication lines stay open, then it has worked. Another thing I was going to say about the putting personality differences into play. I think we were discussing this when we were planning our presentation for this afternoon, but um, you and I have very similar work ethics, but very different work rhythms. And I think where the personality differences have come into play is we really allow each other a lot of freedom to work at the pace that we're comfortable with because the baseline trust of the other person's commitment is unquestionable. So in other words, I have zero doubt in your overall work ethic and your overall commitment to not only to our business, but also to me as a friend and partner. I've never once doubted that. So for you to work in a different rhythm than I do um, doesn't bother me. It doesn't feel like Megan's not pulling her weight, like ever. Yeah. Even though the the way that we work looks different. And so on a given day, we may not be putting in the same number of hours. We may not have right. the same frenetic energy, but one of us might and the other might not. So I don't know. Yeah. I think that that has allowed our personalities to be who they are and yet still kind of both be pushing forward. I think that... That is so true. And I think that it would be very, well, what, there's a lot of things. And this relates a lot to some of the conversations we've had about our kids and personality types, our spouse or partner or friends or whatever, and personality types. Like you, it's one thing to just know how you're different from somebody else and kind of caricaturize them, them and yourself and like kind of gloss it over and generalize like, oh, you know, I'm like, I'm a free spirit and she's a control freak or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's another thing to really allow that to make, to, uh, to create empathy and a lack of defensiveness and all of those things. Like if you can't empathize with the way someone else is, or even just try to understand that they're different from you, like that for you, it's very, very important that we work through things in a more methodical way than it is for me. Like, Mm -hmm. like it might look like for you, um, productivity probably looks a lot less like a roller coaster. If you put it on a chart on a line chart. Right. And for me, it's like, nothing happened. Oh, she fell asleep for a day. She actually did. She actually went backward. (laughs) And then like two days of frenetic, like 12 hour days, spike, spike, spike. And then, oh, she's kind of off the radar again. (laughs) Like if I looked at that and then mapped out your pie or your line chart next to mine and either didn't understand why, like was like, why can't she have spikes or feel bad about myself because I'm not as consistent. Like if either one of those things happened, I would either be defensive or irritated. Like, mm-hmm. it's like you have to know, you have to see the, what it creates, mm-hmm. like what those two things together create in the end. And that takes some trust and like trust in yourself and in the other person and in the process. And it sounds very woo woo, but you know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. it's just personality types aren't just like, 
you're not, they're not caricatures. They're not types at all. Yes. They're, we're people. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I agree. And I think knowing ourselves, we've talked a lot about that on the show, knowing yourself as a mom, but knowing ourselves and kind of a, accepting our weaknesses as well as our strengths then allows you to see the other person where the other person fills in those gaps. So of course we're great at, we're great at talking about what we're both, what our strengths are. Um, but I have to acknowledge that, like I said, at the top of the show that I, there, there are ideas and new things I would never have even come up with if I didn't have you. So like, I don't, I don't get to do what I'm doing without the parts of you that compliment me so that it, Yeah. Same, 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 same. Aww. You complete me. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off. <laughs> no, no, no. That was it. I'm done. Okay. Well, I want to talk a little bit about what we, how we actually conference together. And in, during the, our presentation, we're going to talk about the importance of retreats. Mm-hmm. Retreats are different from conferences. Well, we do both. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about how we do each of those. Okay. Um, I'll just take conference really quick and yeah. then you could take retreat um, okay. because they are very different. And I think it took us a little while to realize that a conference is not a retreat. Yes. And define what you mean by conference, just in case anybody has never been or doesn't know what we do. So a conference would be like um, she podcasts or another thing organized by somebody else, some other organization or people. And the reason that we go to that is for professional development, learning, networking. We do it also to be together. But like the being together part is kind of the the happy side effect, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, The point is to be out more outward. Like the point is to be out in front of people talking to sponsors, talking to other podcasters, learning, you know, um, all of those things. And we have had fantastic ideas that we've had and we've hatched together at conferences, but we, we've started to realize that like the really deep work that we do Mm -hmm. that really leads us to moving things forward typically happens when it's just you and me and we're on our one-on-one. Um, so the way we, we do conferences, we do try to be, you're very structured, um, Sarah, did you say this is so embarrassing? Like you put that brief together. Oh my gosh. I embarrassed myself. You have I to tell it, the though. people about this brief. Well, it's very, it, I felt kind of like, I felt like the CEO of a company who had, who had come in and found on my desk, this amazing document someone created for me, telling me everything that I would have to be doing and where I would have to be going <laughs> down to the confirmation number for my flight, <laughs> which can I be honest? I don't know that I've ever needed the confirmation number from any flight I've ever been on ever. But knowing that it's there in this document that I will probably print and have on my person when I fly is there's comforting. I need that because without like those, those are not the details I would think to track. And then later I'd be like, oh, I wish I knew where I was going. There was one person I didn't even know was going to be at the conference that I really wanted to see. And then you, you like made a note in the brief about her presentation. And then I was like, oh my gosh, so she's going to be there. And then I reached out and now we're going to get together. So it really was very helpful. I didn't find it embarrassing for you. Well, I did. So I, all. in real life, I did used to prepare a CEO of a company for things like this, uh, more of strategy briefs than just travel logistics. Like he had, uh-huh. he had an administrative assistant, but I did more like, yeah, like communication strategy. So I, it must be something I kind of like to do. I find that it calms me down because once I've dug in there and looked at all of our travel details in the hotel and how do we get there and when's our session then I, I'm looking forward to it more. I don't have yeah. to, I don't have to then wonder that thing again. I've already wondered it and figured it out. So, yeah, well, we do usually two to three conferences a year. I find them to be very valuable, but they're very different from the other thing that we do a couple times a year, which is just to get together. So yeah. talk about that. 
Yeah. Well, like you said, we've gotten better at, at realizing that we're not going to move our business forward in a visionary way while attending a conference. The conferences are too much fun. There's a lot of socializing. Sometimes there's partying or dinners out. Um, and we need that time. When we come back in our room at a conference, we almost don't talk to each other or we'll like yeah. talk to each other for a few minutes and then take a nap or like go into our little shell. Mm-hmm. So a retreat would be uh, where it's only the two of us. And the only purpose is to brainstorm, you know, move the needle forward on big picture projects, uh, solve problems, um, sometimes meet with somebody like a coach or somebody who's helping us in some way uh, at the visionary level with our business. We've done that a couple of times. Um, so I agree. Those are very different rhythm. We tend to go somewhere where we can have at least a day and a half, I would say, because mm-hmm. you have to be able to like go for a walk, come back. I think one thing I've learned from you is like, while conferences can come with a brief and an agenda, a retreat really has to be very open-ended. Like we usually go in not even knowing what it is we're going to solve or discuss. Um, We always have our signature sticky notes for the wall. That is something I also carried (laughs) over from my previous job working for a very visionary visionary CEO that I worked for whose brain worked faster. English was not even his first language. So his brain works faster than really anyone I've ever met. And then with the language, like he just would scribble on the wall and people would be taking notes or he might even record his voice. So the sticky notes, if you guys can't picture it, it's like a, like a giant sticky note, but that you can stick them on the wall. So we've had hotel rooms that are papered with these, with big markers. Mm-hmm. And we'll just, we'll each just like hop up and start writing something down. And those are really, really fun. Those are for me, because I don't tend to be pie in the sky. They're just, they're very liberating. It's like, we don't have to do all of this stuff. Right. Um, but we might as well get it all out. Like, you know, the expression, expression, throwing spaghetti at the wall, seeing what sticks. It is almost, almost literally that only we're just writing things on the wall, but it's so yeah. fun to go. And to we bed. take pictures of, we the, take of pictures. the stickies. I love waking yep. up in the morning after like a brainstorming session night and waking up and looking around and be like, what happened in here? Like I have a in- memory of like jump, like getting, trying to get from one side of the room to the other to write on it. And like, I think I literally climbed over the bed because I was trying to get to a different sticky note. Yeah. Like, and you were like directing me. I don't remember now why this was, but I'm just like running around. And then of course I've done it to you too. Like write that on that one. Yeah. Oh, write that on that one. Well, I think it's, <laughs> um, it is a really great coming together of the are two styles because I will often kind of start, there might be six or eight stickies and I'll kind of give them basic categories. And then you'll kind of take over and like start. I don't know. It's fun. It is a fun process. You've given me my container. Yes, I do. I provide the the container and then you bounce around like a little laser beam. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, we're going to wrap up in a minute here. I want to just really quickly talk a little bit about like keeping the love alive because things get stressful things happen. Like we were unprepared for some of the things that stressed us out, um, especially when we were like really kind of running a network and all that kind of stuff in a, in a little more hands-on way than we are now for other shows. Um, and we had things that would come up and we'd both be like, what, (laughs) you know? And I think even though we both know, like this other person didn't cause this, there's nothing the other person couldn't, could have done when you're emotional, it didn't, when you're stressed, it's really hard to remember that. So I think we have like a baseline of things that we do that I think kind of keep our wells filled Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word. And so let's bounce back and forth really quick about these. Um, so I'll go first. So one of them is that we are constantly building each other up. Mm -hmm. Um, 
between ourselves about our business Mm -hmm. and to each other. And we talk about each other in front of the other person positively. It's like, it's like being your kid's biggest cheerleader. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's like a very similar or your spouse or whatever. I feel like it's a similar dynamic where like, don't ever come to me to talk like to badmouth your partner. Cause all I'm going to do is talk about how much mine is amazing and awesome. (laughs) You're just going to feel bad about yourself by the end. But I feel like that's like a sacred thing Mm -hmm. for us. Like, like our, anything negative that might ever happen between us stays between us. Everything we put out there and to each other is unfailingly positive, which I think has been really helpful for and me. I need a lot of uh, affirmation. I, I need affirmation too. You can't underestimate yeah. how someone needs to hear thank you and good job. Like it, no matter, yeah. you could work with them 18 hours a day, every day. Thank you. I appreciate that. That was awesome. You're awesome. Great job. Those are, yeah. you, you cannot say those enough. And I, I do think we're we're good about doing that. Sometimes kissy emojis. I love yes, you. Many, many love fest texts and, <laughs> and gifs and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I think another thing um, that has kept the love alive is we give ourselves as a partnership permission to like, we do, we, you do you like we, yep. we are a business how we are and that might not fit the traditional mold. So this is a funny story. The other day we were not agonizing. We went back and forth over a comma placement in, um, (laughs) a kind of an important email exchange with a potential client. And I, at the end of it, I was like, I don't think that normal CEO behavior is to devote like the two principles of the company, like 10 minutes over talking about, it wasn't even the substance of the email. It was literally grammar and punctuation. Yes, We kept moving words around and like copy pasting and yes, like, like creating new better? versions. So we're like, yes. if you say not only, do you have to say, but also, or can it be? And also it was like, it descended into grammar nerd. Like it did. And it was actually really fun because you and I enjoy words. We enjoy yes. the power of language which we enjoy crafting a really well-written email. And we laughed and we said in our typical, what would a dude do? Like the email might've been two lines and accomplished the same result, but it wouldn't have been us. Like we care about, we care about language. We care about communicating effectively and we enjoy writing together. It's what brought us together. So I guess that was a little example of maybe not holding ourselves to some external standard of business partnership that doesn't feel like it fits who we are. And yeah, then we got back to the business of running our business, but we did spend a good 10 minutes talking about a comma. And we, we, I think as we've created more systems and processes that allow us to be more efficient and run more like a legit big girl business, we've still, we've still very purposely held on to those things that make us us. And, and that is by design because if we weren't able to be ourselves, like I don't, I'm not, we're not creating a franchise that we want to duplicate. We're not making McDonald's like we're, this is a different kind of thing. And that's cool because that's who we are. And otherwise it would take the joy out of it for both of us, I think. Um, Well, we already talked about communication, but I think one thing that does help keep the love alive and that we've been really good at is communicating, but also like we have, we give each other permission to cry uncle. We sound the alarm if things start to get too stressful. I think we're good at getting in front of stuff and being like, okay, we need to change something like soon, or I'm really stressed or this week, I just can't handle this. And then the other person, I love that you will often say it makes me happy to take things off your plate. Like that's such an affirm, like an affirmation for me Mm -hmm. that it makes you happy to do more work (laughs) because (laughs) you see that it'll help me like, oh, well, okay. Like I could do that all day. I give you things to do all day long, but just knowing that that's the attitude we're going to go in with, um, that it's not 50, 50, it's each person gives a hundred percent, regardless of maybe the fact that today a hundred looks different. 
yeah. for you and for me that I think has, has been really helpful. I have learned, uh, I think the, the giving each other permission to cry uncle or say, this isn't working. I have really learned from you. Uh, I think you're better. You have a better self-awareness around like, just, I can't do this today for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. You're better at giving yourself a pause or a rest. And it goes back to that roller coaster image you gave of your highs are higher, your lower periods of energy or productivity are lower, and I'm more consistent in the middle. And I've really learned a lot from you of if Megan is able to say, like, look, we need to push back recording. I'm not feeling it today. And then that gives me permission to do the same thing. And I've learned that from you. And it also kind of ties back to what we were talking about with when the when the general commitment and work ethic is there those things don't feel like someone's slacking off. They feel right. like giving each other permission to honor our needs. We have family needs. We have kids needs. We have sick kids. We have mm-hmm. times where we're just like, no, I just need a day. Uh, I think our weekends are really interesting because neither of us is opposed to working on the weekends. And because our lives are so different, we will often have a weekend where one of us is like gets several hours of work done. And the other yeah. is like, does not crack open a, or a computer at all. And it doesn't ever really become an issue because it, no. it's just this general. Yeah. I kind of veered It's kind of like a there, benefit but. or a bonus that the other person does, but yeah. like, like there's no negativity around it. Yeah. There's not, there's neither a feeling of, oh shoot, I should be working too. Or, uh, why isn't she? Right. Right. That's never been the case. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think a lot of it comes back to that. We have to be able to also take rest and and raise our hand and say, this feels like too much right now. So that that gives the other person permission to do the same. And on the flip side, it gives us permission to go crazy and work all weekend if we want to without like a load of guilt or expectations. Yeah, I love this last one because I feel like it just sums up what the mom hour is all about. But Sarah, it's your turn. Okay, it's my turn to talk. Yeah, so this is something I think our business coach, Zach, also has helped us with. Um, But I think it's something we were doing already. Now we have more language around it. And that is just keeping keeping our purpose in mind of why we're doing this. I mean, we started this podcast to have an authentic conversation that would help moms. And that has not changed in four and a half years. Um, I think when we, the, the shiny objects that appear and the changing nature of the industry makes it easy to get distracted. Um, Mm -hmm. but when we keep that why or that core purpose in mind, the non-negotiables of our partnership and kind of the decisions we make that affect the business just seem easier. So I guess it sounds kind of simple when you put it that way, but I think it has helped over the years. Yeah. And if it, and if we didn't, like, if we did decide to look at this as a McDonald's, um, rather than what it is, then we might make decisions that would make us a lot more money maybe. Right. Um, but because that's not like the, we want to make money right. and we are making money, but the point of this business isn't to make money. It's to help moms. And so like, if we just know that it's always going to help kind of keep us on track of like, what, it, what are the choices we're making? And is this the right thing to do now? And yeah, et cetera. Yeah. It just gives us that little bit, that balance, I guess. And I think just to, put a bow on that. I think both of us have a pretty clear purpose about our why and our, our purpose as it relates to our families. So that also, and we have kind of a mutual respect for that. So that also kind of eliminates, we've talked a lot about having a startup business and growing our business. And there's certain things we just probably are never going to do because they just don't fit with how we want our business and our family life to co-operate. Well, that is a great bow to wrap it all up with. Well, thanks. So we're going to wrap up, but um, if you're listening to this, you're probably not at She Podcasts, but maybe <laughs> unfortunately, you 
Maybe you are, but I just feel like if you're at Sheep Podcast, you're probably not starting your morning with the mom hour. Um, <laughs> if you are, please come find us at our uh, talk this afternoon. Sarah has all the details because I don't know when we're speaking. It's and in your brief. It's in my brief. <laughs> Shoot, I don't have it on me. Um, but you would have another chance to connect with us in person this fall if you're a conference goer. Uh, we're going to be at the Blistem Conference in Nashville. It's November 14th through 16th. We'll have a link um, at themomhour.com in the show notes where you can go if you are interested. And I, I will say I've been going to Blistem. Well, it's been on hiatus for a few years, but I used to go and I love it. Like if any kind of creative work you may want to do or do, it's a really great place for that. It's yeah. just like really uplifting and it's really, um, it's, it's got like a high, almost entertainment value. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a oh, hard fine. way to put it, but lots of multimedia and I'm really excited. It's just a good group of people and I'm excited to get back together with them and that'll be in November. Yeah. I'm really excited for that. Okay. Well, and if you are inspired by this episode to start a podcast, we want to remind you to check out our sponsor, messy.fm. Um, you can get started with their free all-in-one podcasting platform. So you can record, edit, publish, distribute all for free to start. Um, and to check that out and get started, you're going to go to themomhour.com slash messy. And let us know if you decide to try it out. Because like we said, we're a little jealous of new podcasters. Messy so cool. We are. And we want to hear yours. All right, guys. We will talk to you soon. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by The Essential Calendar. Sarah, this is our favorite calendar for busy moms because its beautiful and simple design shows around three months at a time. Yeah, and with summer fast approaching, now is a great time to get the Essential Calendar and see what I've been raving about all these years. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour.